Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. I'll be hosting this episode. For more than 20 years, I've provided leadership and guidance in technology and software development. When I'm not networking, making connections, and trying to help out wherever I can, I follow my creative passions of graphic design and photography. Join me now as I have a wonderful conversation with Annette Serafiki. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm Al Daldegan, and I'm here with my special guest today, Annette Serafiki from Benevity. Uh, she's the Director of Talent Acquisition and Attraction. Uh, hi, Annette. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Al. Thanks for the invite. Um, so what I like to do is start out with uh, finding out who you are, because maybe some people in the world don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are many people who don't know me. Yeah. Um, so I'm a native Calgarian, um, as I've noticed many of the guests on your podcast are. I grew up here and um, have lived here most of my life. I currently work for a company called Benevity, which is a software company, um, an enterprise software company, and also a certified B Corporation, meaning that we have a dual mission of both um, profit and a social mission. Mm -hmm. And we believe that um, doing well by doing good is more than just a catchy tagline. Nice. We think it's something nice. that we really can help accomplish. And we do this um, with um, our industry-leading corporate um, social responsibility and employee engagement software, many of the world's iconic brands, and I'll just drop a couple of names, um, Google, Apple, Microsoft, Nike, uh, TELUS here in Calgary, um, RBC, and um, hundreds of other clients use our software to power their corporate goodness programs. So if you've ever worked for an organization that had an employee giving program, um, that would be considered a goodness program. Also, there are uh, volunteering programs and community investment. So our software helps manage all those programs. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess you could liken it to um, employee benefits or something. There'd be software that helps manage the employee benefits and your software manages the the giving side. Of That's exactly right. That's yeah, really great. Good. That's awesome. And uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Benevity is a big success story here in Calgary. Um, and quite a success story, and most people in Calgary know about Benevity. Um, so being the Director of Talent Acquisition and Attraction here, um, you probably have a, a pretty good um, eyeball and ear uh on how the the current market is for um, tech talent in Calgary. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. Well, it's an interesting situation. We have a lot of really talented people, um, talented Calgarians, um, and unfortunately not as many of them as we would like um, have the exact right mix of skills, either in technology or adjacent to technology um, areas. So. Um, right now, we are in a bit of a situation. We um, are in close contact with the other technology companies in Calgary, and, and we, we get together to talk about what the situation is. And um, while there are, is a really great pool of talent, um, we really would like to see that expand. Okay. And what, um, like, we're speaking very generally here, but yeah. a little bit more specifically, what sort of talent do you think we're lacking? 
Well, it's it's about volume. You know, we've we've probably got everything in Calgary. We just need more of it. Oh, right. I see, I see. So I think there are probably um, you know a few different ways we're going to be able to expand that, and I think. Um, organizations um, across Alberta are working on trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to just talk a little bit yeah. about the ways that I think we can? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. so I think um, probably there are going to be three different ways that we can increase our pool of strong tech talent. Um, one of them is going to be through um, training and retaining. So training, you know, would be post-secondary, um, to training people who are entering their first career. Okay. So, um, you know, they get the post-secondaries to give uh, students a little more work experience and then find ways to keep them in Alberta, right? Because we do have a lot of people graduating from our programs, but many of them choose to go elsewhere mm-hmm. to use their skills. So that that's a real shame. Um, also, um, there are retraining programs. Um, we're really lucky in Alberta. We have a huge population of pretty well-educated, smart people, um, folks who are interested in um, – expanding their skill set and maybe trying something new if, if the field that they've been in maybe has, you know, contracted. Like um, oil and gas. <laughs> like oil and gas, yes. Um, and so there are retraining programs that have been established in the last couple of years in particular. Um, and they're ones that have always existed at places like SAIT and Bow Valley College, and, right? So there, yeah, sure. there are some. So retraining is another, another way. And then the third main way is that we're going to have to bring people from outside Alberta, attract them to mm-hmm. Calgary and Alberta generally, generally to increase the talent pool. Okay. And so going back to point number one, what do you think it is that's making people leave? Um, I think there's uh, – we haven't done as good a job be- – in maybe positioning ourselves as a tech center. I think that's happening. I mean, folks like you and I who are involved with the rainforest and other initiatives definitely see it happening. We see a population of people who are committed to expanding that innovation system, um, who are committed to being part of the tech uh, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it's a pretty small group of people at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think even though the government has committed itself in the last couple of years and, you know, other organizations like Calgary Economic Development are trying to get the word out about how we are a tech city, mm-hmm. um, that's relatively new. Yeah. So I think sometimes, you know, grads, new grads um, are um, blinded by the sexiness of, you know, getting a job with Google mm-hmm. or getting a job, you know, Toronto right now has a really happening tech scene, right? They get an opportunity and they move there. So yeah. how can we make it compelling for them to want to stay here? And that's, I think, a job that all of us are working on. That makes a lot of sense. And when it comes to um, the organizations like the Rainforest that are, uh, I think when, one of the things that I see often is when the um, people attend the Rainforest for the first time, it's kind of like, whoa, this is really happening here. Like this is really um, in Alberta. This is really happening. And I think it's a, a bit shocking to them that, that it's so hidden away. I mean, it's similar to um, the kind of the uh, fashion industry in Calgary. A lot of people don't even think we have a fashion industry, right. but there is one and it's there. It's just not necessarily well known. And in, in Calgary, because it's so much uh, focused on oil and gas and, and cowboys and that kind of thing, the the burgeoning or is that the right word burgeoning yeah that's it <laughs> uh, tech industry uh, it, it seems to be a little less known um, but it is certainly growing and there's certainly a lot of people and um, effort being put towards that and if you look at things like um, the the rainforest itself and then you look at things like some of the events held on by um, uh, what's it called uh, 
Pixels and Pints and yeah. uh, some of those other organizations, Startup Calgary and that, um, there's there's actually quite a bit going on. And you can almost pick your topic if you want to talk about machine learning or an AI or, or blockchain or uh, construction technologies and things like that. There's a lot going on. Um, I wasn't able to attend the oil and gas show, but I could imagine there was quite a few tech plays in the oil and gas industry too. Absolutely. Yeah, And one of the things that happens when the industry falls out um, no longer, if you're, if you're making crap loads of money, optimizing things and making things more efficient is really kind of the last thing on your list. Yeah. But when all the money goes away, everybody needs to start really focusing on optimization and, and making things more efficient. So that's where all the technician technology starts to pop up, I think. Yeah. And I've met lots of people who kind of bridge that, um, bridge that space between, um, the energy industry and they are, a technology company or a te technologist. Mm -hmm. So that's always interesting because sometimes they don't think of themselves as pure technology. They think of themselves still being in the energy industry. And right. I think there is a bit of an identity crisis for folks who are in that space. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of them getting involved with, right. with the tech right. ecosystem. Right. Um, so from uh, your perspective personally here at Benevity, um, what what sort of talent are like, are you guys like, um, we need, we need kind of like a few people there and a couple of very specific people for this and whatever, or are you guys like trying to find people and it's, and it's quite, quite a, a big bunch of jobs you have available right now? Well, we do hire people in our offices in Victoria and Toronto, but I'll speak to to our experience here in Calgary. Okay. So um, in Calgary, we are fortunate to have, you know, we now have a pretty big population educated, smart people, some of whom have shifted over from the energy industry, um, some of whom are coming out of the really, really active startup industry. So for a lot of positions, we can find the talent we need. Um, so where, where it gets a bit more challenging are the actual really short um, supply skill sets. And any employer in Calgary will tell you this, right. software developers. Um, folks who are more involved with um, software as a service in particular. So people who are who have a, a experience implementing software. Mm. Um, folks who have a experience being account managers in the software space, right? right? So um, I think that's an area that we really do struggle in and we have ended up having to hire people in our other locations because we can't okay. find them in Calgary. Okay. And is that like, um, is product manager one of those kind of positions that, that's kind of rare? Because that's kind of sounds familiar to me. Yeah, product management is a very specific area that's, um, the people who we like to hire in product management do have that software product management experience. Uh, very exciting. I don't know if you've heard, but Mount Royal University has come up with a product management program this year. I did not know. No. So, so and, and I know that they've done it in response to the, the growing need. So we're very excited to start talking to grads from that program when the time comes. Yeah. So it is kind of neat to see um, our post-secondary institutions um, expanding their programming to meet not just our shortage, mm -hmm. skills that we find are finding a shortage in, but that people across the tech ecosystem in, in Calgary are finding a shortage in. Right. And do, do you think that, because um, obviously time plays a big role in this, I mean, back 20 years ago, becoming an engineer was like the job. Yeah. And so everybody was going into becoming an engineer and then 
eventually over time, like 20 years later, now the market's saturated with engineers and a lot of them can't find jobs. Yeah. Do you think that we're, um, we're at that kind of same world where it's like, okay, we really need software developers. We really need software developers. So everybody's going to become a software developer. And then in, in 20 years, it's going to be uh, like saturated with everybody doing software development. Or what, what's your thoughts on that? Because well, I got some ideas too. <laughs> I have I have dreams of this world and this problem, Al. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I I had the most um, fascinating conversation with a young man who's in, at the U of C a few months ago, who's in the petroleum engineering program. So not, and he thinks there's a future in it, right? And and maybe there's a future in it. I hope there is for his sake. But not everyone is going into software engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we haven't even started to, to encounter that, okay. right? And even with all of the kind of retraining programs or short-term training programs like Lighthouse Labs, and there are a lot of good ones, the, the market's nowhere near saturated. Right. Because the reality is, in many cases, um, in our case, this is, a, this is a challenge that we find sometimes. We've met some fabulous people, some smart people, some talented people who've gone through short-term retraining programs. And they, and they want to come and they want to interview for our software openings. But the reality is because of the nature of, of how complex our programs are, we need to hire people who have more depth. Right. Right. right, right. So, you know, it could be that in the future there will be more software engineers than we need, but I cannot imagine that future at the Mm. moment. Right. Like it's just so so we're almost at a we're almost at a problem which I see kind of a difficult one to conquer is you have these new resources coming out that have some some um, education and maybe a little bit of experience. Yeah but not quite enough experience to really hit the ground running and be super productive. So companies aren't too interested in that level, but it's kind of a catch 22 because if they don't get a break, they can't get the experience to become that point of use. And, and I think, I mean, there's a, there's a good program that's been um, uh, ongoing in Calgary for about um, a year now. It's called Evolve You. Maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of it. Yep. And they've had, they've had a lot of success placing their grads um, because there are organizations that maybe aren't. So we're in a unique situation. Benevity is a fast growth company. Mm-hmm. We um, don't really have as much time to get people up to speed and mm-hmm. to train. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other organizations that are maybe in a different situation. And fortunately, they they seem to have had opportunities for folks from programs like that. Okay, so it really depends what kind of company it is and you know what stage of growth it's at and what its capabilities are. Okay. So for us, that's a challenge. But for other organizations, thankfully, there there are ways to for folks to find a, a role there. Right. Right. And what um, what do you think from your experience anyway? Um, how, with these people that are 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 coming into this market right now, do you know? I mean, you'll have a focus because of what Benevity does. Yes. But industry wide, because you do have a lot of partners as well. What do you think are sort of maybe not the bleeding edge, but some of the solid technologies that people um, should maybe be considering um, as a focus I, or even not maybe so specific as technologies, but um, like machine learning and artificial intelligence? Is that something that Benevity takes advantage of or is it more um, uh, web development or is it more specific technologies or is, it, is there anything there you might speak to? Well, the other thing that I think is really important, because of course I've been working on um, working with talent and, and career and um, uh, folks, you know, 
focuses for development for 20 years, right? I started working in Calgary in the technology industry 20 years ago. So I have watched various um, technologies evolve and I've watched um, people grow their careers or sometimes not grow their careers in, techno in technology companies in Calgary. And the one thing that's really important to remember is it's not, one career is not right for everybody. Right. So, you know, if I say, yes, machine learning, that's the next thing that someone should jump into. Not if you're not interested in it or you don't have, um, you know, uh, an inclination to spend your days on that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Right. It's the same thing with software development. So some of the things that I think um, we've seen an increase in need for are definitely business intelligence. Right. So people who are really data focused, mm -hmm. data, you know, data analysis, business intelligence, I mean, if you have that kind of a mind and you like to spend your days solving those kind of problems, that's a great career. And I don't think there's going to be any decrease in a need for people with that skill set. Okay. Um, software developers, we talked about that before, of various kinds, you know, web developers or, you know, back end. We happen to, um, our back end happens to be built in Java. So Java developers are the kind that we look for. Mm -hmm. But um, there are other lots of different other kinds of technologies. Sure. Um, I think I think one thing I would encourage encourage people to do is really um, figure out what you enjoy doing for eight to 10 hours a day. Because if you're working in a technology company, you know, the hours can be a little longer sometimes. Um, you know, what do you really want to be doing? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the saddest thing is when you meet somebody who's really amazing and they've decided, you know what, I'm going to be a developer. And then they sit down and they start, you know, doing that job and realize that it's not for them. Yeah. And, and that often happens, I think, when people have a passion for something and then they do that passion for a living and then there's no longer any passion there. Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's hard to tell people, like, for example, you guys are a Java-related house here. Um, you know, someone goes out there and learns Java and they don't get a job here, then are they going to be able to find a job elsewhere that in a company that uses Java? I mean, probably the odds are pretty good, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they shouldn't have learned React or something, you know, JS or something completely different. Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what about, let's talk a little bit about, because um, this is my first time here at Benevity. Mm -hmm. So thank you uh, very much for letting us use your space. Absolutely. Um, this place is crazy, like, like <laughs> really, really fascinating. I mean, I, I haven't been to Google, but I've watched them on TV. <laughs> I have watched the movies. And yeah. And I look at Google and I think of what a fascinating place that must be to work. And then I walked in here and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so um, do you want to touch a little bit on on sort of your culture here and, and how uh, how that's working, working out for you? And yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure to bring someone into our space because it um, I think it does create a certain kind of um, feel for anyone entering and, and certainly for those of us who get to spend our days here. So uh, when I started at Benevity four years ago, it was, you know, everybody was on one floor in a very small office with few windows, okay. um, you know, but that's where we were at as an organization. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the work that was being done was, you know, uh, the same as the work we're doing now. It's just that as time has gone on as, and as we've acquired more clients, um, we've been able to get into um, this, you know, this is the third office I've been in in four years. So we've gotten into more comfortable spaces. So when we knew we were going to be able to move into this space, we surveyed um, our team and asked them, what do you want to have around you? What kind of space would make you most productive and most comfortable? Because, um, you know, that's how people can do their best work. Mm -hmm. um, folks wanted to sit near windows. They wanted to have lots of breakout space. Um, they wanted bright colors. 
and um, they wanted to have art around them. So we were really lucky that we could build out this space in a very comfortable way. And um, people say, and I, and I feel like I'm able to do my best work, that it's not a distraction to have, you know, space that's not comfortable or that isn't. So it's very, it has a very open feel um, and people can have private space or they can have open space. Um, and that does reflect our culture. We have a culture where um, we encourage people to be um, open and authentic um, and also to, um, to speak directly with each other, you know, if there are things we need to talk about. Um, our mission, we feel our mission to make the world, to bring more goodness into the world is very a very urgent one. And so there really isn't time for misunderstandings, right? So um, everybody here, um, you know, goes through training to help help encourage their ability to be able to speak directly and authentically. Oh, yeah, we call it cool. gi giving it to each other straight. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, when we are um, looking to hire people, we look for certain qualities. Some of them are the ones that you'd expect in a, in a technology company, things like adaptability, innovation. Um, but there are some other ones that, you know, I mentioned authenticity, also humility. You know, I think a lot, lots of folks talk about, um, checking your ego at the door, right? We, we think the mission is more important than, you know, our own, uh, our own, our own focus on ourselves and the focus is on the team and the clients and, and being able to accomplish what we want to. So I think at this point, we feel like our culture is evolving over time. Everyone who's here plays a role in evolving the culture. Mm -hmm. um, we do annual surveys and, and people um, here at Benevity um, give, us our feed, give us their feedback on how they think the culture is. And at this point, we're always getting great feedback on how to continue to evolve it. But everyone here plays a role in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so let's continue down that line of talking just a little sure. bit. Because a, you can find a study on almost everything, right? So sure can. They, they, a lot of um, people were moving towards this open concept space mm -hmm. where people are sitting on, you know, bouncy balls and stuff like that yeah. instead of having cubicles and offices and stuff. And then there's another... Other studies have been coming out and saying that's the, been shown now to be like super unproductive. And um, what I'd like to hear from you is because you guys have been around long enough and you're definitely successful enough. Can you tell us some of the things that have like you feel that have really worked like that, that, that you guys have sort of implemented along the way where you went, yeah, that was a good one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we didn't consciously decide to implement the more open space. That's just the way it's always been. And we have a very collaborative environment. Okay. So, um, you know, the feeling is that none of us can do it on our own. Mm -hmm. So being able to turn to the person next to you or, you know, sitting um, behind you and, and have an easy conversation, share, share knowledge, um, works really well in the more open environment. One thing that we did consciously do because um, folks seem to want it, and there were some studies that showed that it was a good thing, okay. is everybody has a desk that can be raised or lowered. Oh, so yeah, so so there's a chance to to stand up and um, if you want to, and for folks who who choose not to, they don't have to. So that that was a that was a conscious thing. Um, I think something else that we've um, implemented is. Um, We'd gotten feedback as almost any organization that's done a survey has 
gotten, which is that folks felt like they weren't getting enough direct communication from the senior leadership. Do we really know what's going on? And I'll tell you, I've worked in, you know, half a dozen technology companies and and other companies that weren't technology companies, and pretty much everybody feels that way. Okay. So our CEO, um, Brian DeLottenville, um, said to us, you know what, if Google can do a weekly all-hands meeting, we can do a weekly all-hands meeting. And so now every Wednesday um, in the late morning, everybody at Benevity gathers, whether in person here in Calgary or online, and um, we get to hear the latest update on what's happening with the business, or um, sometimes we hear from teams about their um, current initiatives. And uh, what what we found is that people have thought it's made a really big difference in their feeling of what they know of what's going on. Right. Yeah. So they don't, it's not like I'm I'm going in the corner and I'm plugging away and I don't know if I'm really contributing, but because everybody's getting together and sharing, and the the CEO is there too sharing as well. Yes. Um, I'm guessing here, I'm just making an assumption here, sure. but he's probably fairly accessible and, and, you know, people can go talk to him and stuff. He doesn't hide in his ivory tower and ignore everybody. <laughs> no, he's, he's very accessible and, um, you know, wants feedback more than anything. So it's more than happy to chat with folks. Yeah. And, you know, so one of the, one of the ways we know this for sure is, although, I don't know, do you ever talk about glass door ratings on your podcast? No, not really. No, it's an interesting double-edged sword. So every organization now has to, uh, has no choice but to um, work with the glass door ratings, that, you know, right? Mm -hmm. the, the ratings that people put. So I think most people who look for jobs look on Glassdoor to see what kind of ratings the organizations have. And many people will post ratings if they have a good experience or they have a not good experience. But one of the things that I'll point to is um, if one were to read through our Glassdoor ratings and comments, there's a specific rating for the CEO and the rating for our CEO is very high. And the comments that people will put in their um, actual written comments is that there's a lot of transparency from him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I think that makes a big difference, right? I mean, when you've got transparency at the very top, then that becomes a way of doing business all the way along. Well, they say the number one rule is to lead by example yes. and to be a good leader. Um, don't expect somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And yeah. those are like the simplest rules in the world and they're common sense, but they make such a difference. And I think there's plenty of um, um, studies and, and surveys and all that have, that have been done. Um, and what, what do people really want? And it's not always money. Uh, in, in fact, more often than not, it's, you know, being challenged, having exciting work, having good people around you, um, you know, lack of politics. Um, they want to have the, the upper management be accessible and, you know, you want to be standing at the coffee pot and filling your cup and then somebody really important comes up beside you and you don't want to feel like, oh my God, I, I that's the CEO or that's the VP yes. of such and such yeah. and, and be like all nervous. Like you'd be like, hey, how's it going? You know, and then they start talking about, you know, the game on the weekend or something. And and I think that people who can be in that environment, which is clearly what you guys have here, um, is is a, a place where, where they feel like comfortable, right? Um, I was just in a meeting the other day. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with Benevity, but I suspect that could happen here quite easily. And there was a software developer in the, in at the meeting and he was saying he was saying that it was really funny because his iPhone when he was driving to work it was saying um you know 20 minutes till you arrive at home so he he had been at work <laughs> so funny. much yeah. that the iPhone actually thought, thought that's where he lived wow. and when he went yeah. home he was going to yeah. work or somewhere yeah. else yeah 
That's so funny. I thought that was really funny. And, um, um, you know, I think people always talk about being excited about going to work, being out, being able to get up in the morning and, you know, having your shower and stuff and being like excited to get to work. And if yeah. that's, if you can do that, you've kind of won life. <laughs> well, I think that's an interesting point. And, you know, I was in kind of anticipation of chatting with you today. I thought a little bit about, you know, working in technology companies, why would people want to do it? And, and, you know, this is the, the drive that we're pushing for right now is to try and, you know, expand the base of successful uh, technology companies. And I think one thing that really stands out for me um, from my time in working at technology companies is that it is an exciting place to be, right? So uh, no two days are ever the same. And one of the most important things is that you're continuously learning. Because, say, um, in the case of, of Benevity, um, it's a completely different company than it was when I started, mm -hmm. right? So the skills that I was using, the knowledge base that I had three, three and a half years ago is quite different from what I have now. Okay. And for someone like me who um, gets bored, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'm doing the same thing all the time and um, who can get um, disengaged if I'm not learning on a regular basis. It's a great place to be. And that's true for so many people, even if they don't, if they never worked in a technology company, if they can relate to, you know, always wanting to learn and wanting to have lots of variety, it might be the right kind of place for them. Yeah. And so you, not only did you evolve, but over the years, the company really evolved too. That's right. So yeah. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah that's cool. And um, you guys have offices like around the world too, don't you? We do. Yeah. We have an office in Victoria and an office in Toronto. And then we have uh, an office in a little former Roman market town in England called Sirencester. Uh, we've got a team of about 10 there. Oh, cool. And then we've got a few people working out of um, a, a little office we have in Florida, um, mostly folks involved with sales. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, another so Benevity has software that helps manage um, volunteering and giving programs. So we also have grant support software. Oh, okay. So large clients like ours often grant money to charities. And so um, we have um, a grants uh, team in Toronto, but also in San Mateo in California. So okay. um, those are our main offices. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, do employees have the opportunity to travel to different offices for... I have worked out of our Victoria office, out of our Toronto office, and most recently in December, out of our office in England. Neat. So, yes, absolutely. I mean, sometimes there's a need to travel for work, but um, you can, you know, sometimes people have taken a vacation, but, you know, part of it, they spent some time working in the office. So that that's a possibility. So, oh, that's neat. yeah, it also helps build those relationships when you do that, too. Right on. Okay. Um, and so let's maybe, uh, as we wind down, let's talk a little bit about um, Rainforest. From what does Rainforest, because you've attended multiple times and you've come to some some events, uh, other Rainforest events and stuff. What sort of thing, what's your kind of feeling about Rainforest? Well, one of the things that really struck me. So the Rainforest is interesting because as an organization, it is really focused on growing organically and intentionally. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm pretty sure there could have been a time at the very beginning or anywhere along the line where the folks involved with running the rainforest or founding it could have put out big billboards and signs and ads and magazines, and they chose not to do that, right? We're building it person by person. Yeah. And so um, the whole idea of that um, 
community building mm-hmm. um, and the social contract are, I think, what make it so powerful and uh, so, I think, guaranteed to be even more successful in the future. Nice. I think that, um, you know, as as the tech ecosystem grows in Alberta, it's like any culture. You know, we think about this for organizations too. Cultures can grow by accident or they can grow in- intentionally. And by laying out the social contract, there's an intentional um, feel to what are the values that we really want our tech ecosystem to have, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, very different from um sort of business cultures that have evolved over decades. But I would say that um, I was thinking about this and I think the um, idea of um, fairness and honesty and willingness to help, which are three of the elements of the social contract, they really fit with Albertans. I think Albertans are like that, Um, right? The folks who came and settled our prairies, the folks who came and, you know, and if you think about how we need to bring in people from other places to help build out our tech talent pool, that's no different than when they brought people out to Homestead, right? I mean, Alberta was this bald prairie. Um, of course, there there were um, folks living here, but you know when they when there was a decision made to really bring in more um, more of a population, um, folks came and took a chance. Mm-hmm. And you know I think that sort of um, that grit that the early Albertans and subsequent Albertans had these are all things that are you know implicit and important in the in the rainforest social contract as well. So I mean I think it's it's a fabulous organization and I'm really excited because we're going to host a lunch without lunch here uh, in July I'm at Benevity. For that. Yeah. yeah, because I think, you know, the 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 Benevityites, which is what we call ourselves, um, share a lot of the values and I think they just really have the word hasn't gotten to the to to the to many of the people in the group here. So I'm looking forward to to sharing the rainforest with them and and also sharing our space with some of your listeners. Nice, nice. Um, that's very cool. So um, is that, uh, do you guys have, uh, do you guys ever do like open tours or is it kind of like if someone wants to come by and see the place they can come or is it, uh, do you have special special events that you can come see the space or anything like that? Uh, well, we don't have tours. <laughs> we will do custom to, I mean, if someone, you know, if someone sends me a note and they're welcome to, I'm more than happy to show people around. Um, I think we're probably going to be doing an open house for sort of focused on tech talent in the fall sometime. Okay. Um, and that does happen. And occasionally we did, we did, uh, a hacker event back in January as well. And then, um, lots of community organizations that, Benevityites have ties to or who are just curious are welcome to use some of our space. We okay. have a big boardroom and some other spaces that that community groups do use on a regular basis. Oh, that's very cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, geez, thank you so much for, for taking the time to sit down with us. And I thought so. I, I, I'm really, really impressed with how awesome this episode turned out. I hope oh, the <laughs> listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. And, um, and I look forward to hanging out with you at the rainforest. It's been a delight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-source, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is sponsored by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story, and Capturing Legacies is here to help you tell it. 
Visit CapturingLegacies.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>